As Christians, we might believe in God. I mean, I, I hope that's kind of the base level of Christianity is you actually believe in God. I mean, that's kind of what that means to be a Christian. It means that you believe that there is a God and that the second person of the Trinity was Jesus. He came to earth as one of us, but he is God. That's kind of the base level of Christianity is understanding that much. But while we believe in him, do we as Christians put our faith in him? Do we have faith that the promises that he made for us will come true? Because he made a lot of promises both throughout the Old Covenant, throughout the Old Testament, and in the New. Do we have faith that those promises are going to come true? And if we have this trust that they will come true, if we have that faith, will we follow him to see those promises fulfilled? Will we be willing to follow him, even knowing it will lead to hardship? That hardship will come to us. It will have hardship in our lives, hardship in our relationships with others. It'll not be an easy path. And because it will not be an easy path, I think many Christians deep down, if they really think about it, have a hard time saying yes, that they would follow our Lord, that they would trust that those promises would come true and that they would follow him regardless of where they lead. Because we don't want the hardships of life. We don't want the difficulties of life. We want a smooth path through life. We want things easy. We don't want to stick out our necks. You know, because they always, the, the saying of, you know, whoever sticks their neck out the furthest gets their head chopped off. You know, it's, if you rise above the crowds, difficulty comes. Suffering comes. So we don't want to set our size out, ourselves outside of the crowd. We want to keep it level. We want to keep it smooth. But then we look in our readings today, and we look at Abram, later Abraham. He got quite the promise. He got the promise that not only would he have a large family, he would become the father of a great nation. And not just would he have some land, but there is, there is a large area of land that was promised to him and his descendants. And it was promised by a God that was foreign to his people. His people followed other gods. And yet this God, the God that we now call the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one true God, came to him and gave him this promise. And so with that promise, he trusted. He had faith that this, one, this God was the true God. And he followed that God to this promised land. He uprooted himself from his family, from his kin, and went to where this God called him. And you can imagine that was probably not a popular decision for his family. Why do you want to leave here? Why do you want to leave us? Why do you want to leave our gods? And instead go follow this other God. And I'm sure there was sorrow in his heart for having to leave his family, for having to leave his kin behind and go on to this other area, this other land. And he probably seemed pretty foolish in doing it to his family. We see the same thing with Peter, James, and John in our gospel today. And during this, this event, this transfiguration, they probably felt a bit like Abraham, where they were called to this great promise 
They had received this, this promise of a great blessing, and not just a promise, but got a taste of it. Just a sample, just a little bit. And they were able to see that the promises that our Lord had made were true. That there is a glory that they can share in. That there is God's grace and mercy that is going to be poured out upon them. And they got to bask in that. They got to enjoy that. And it must have been quite the experience because I love Peter. Hey, let's stick around. Let's build some tents. I'll build one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Let's hang out. You know, so it must have been quite the experience for them because they got a foretaste of the eternal life that we seek. We all seek that which Peter, James, and John experienced. In the depths of our heart, we want that glory. We want that joy. We want that peace that God promises us. We want to be able to bask in that light and say, I'm going to stay here for eternity because this gives me everything I need. And we live in a darkened world that makes it all the more urgent to receive that light. We look at the darkness around us, the darkness of sin, the darkness of hatred, the darkness of evil in our world. And we all the more want the light of Christ. And they receive just a glimpse of it. And we too await that glimpse. We all too would love it if we could come here and sit before the tabernacle and bask in that light. Bask in that glory of God. And so if we wish to receive that, that glory, if we receive, wish to receive that peace that God promises us, we need to follow the words of St. Paul in our second reading. He saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began. If we trust the promise of Christ that we will bask in that glory, in that light, in that peace one day, we need to follow him. We need to follow his teachings as Abraham did, as Peter, James, and John, and all the apostles did. They gave up everything to follow him. They made themselves holy, meaning set apart. Doesn't mean they're perfect. And if you have any doubt of that, just read about Peter and things that he said and did. He was very imperfect. But they set themselves aside for God. We are, that is what we call holiness. And we are called to do the same. We are called to trust in God's promise. We are called to have faith in him and to be holy, to seek holiness in our lives. And if we live this holiness, this call to holiness that we all share in, we all share in this call to holiness. It's not just for the popes or bishops or priests or the saints of old or religious today. It's for all of us to share in that call to holiness. And if we do share in that call to holiness, if we do seek holiness in our lives, we will receive glimpses of the glory of God. No, we might not see that bright light, but we will experience God's glory in our lives. And so if we have that faith that we wish to follow him, that means we need to follow his commands. And we will have to do things that might make us uncomfortable. You know, you look again, look at Abraham, where he left everything to go to this promised land. That probably was a little bit uncomfortable. 
Same thing with the apostles. You know, Peter and Andrew and James and John, we see them. They were fishing. They were doing their livelihood with their families. And they left them behind. Their families probably called them foolish. The Bible doesn't say, but you can imagine there were some like, wait, they left the boats. They just dropped the nets and walked away. They're not doing this anymore. That's ridiculous. That's foolishness. And yet they did. We have to follow what our Lord teaches us, which is often very contrary to the ways of the world. Ways of the world will teach one thing. God will teach something else. And we have to allow ourselves to be changed. Open ourselves to be changed by God so that we may conform more fully to his will instead of the will of the world. And that won't be easy. That will not be easy. But as I said before, no one promised that being a Christian was going to be easy. I said that in past, past homilies. No one ever promised us the easy life if we're going to be a Christian. In fact, the exact opposite. Look at St. Paul who says, Bear with your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. He promises us hardship. Our Lord promised us, our, promises us hardship when he says, Take up your cross and follow me. None of that is easy. None of that is fun. And you know, it, I, I do laugh at this, you know, bear with your, your share of the hardship. And of course, you can think of those images of the saints, those images especially of martyrs who suffered so terribly. And they've got the look of joy on their face. They're almost radiant with the look of joy on their face. I don't know about you, but I don't handle hardship that well. There have been times where, due to certain hardships, I have come into whatever church I happen to be assigned to at that time, whether this one or another parish, and looked at the tabernacle and said, okay, you put me in this situation, now I'm going to let you have it. I've let our Lord know what I think of his hardship. But we still need to bear it. We still need to take it. But why? Why would we want to take on that hardship? Why would we want to follow him? Again, going back to St. Paul. St. Paul's reading this, this week is rich with this need to follow our Lord and this call to holiness. He says, He saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began. He is calling us to live according to his plan that goes all the way back to the very first moments of creation. It goes all the way back. His plan of salvation. We are called to participate in that ourselves. To be holy. And to, to give of ourselves. Not for our glory. But for his. Because he gave us his life. For our salvation. And we are called to participate in that. By giving our lives. To him. Whether it is literally through martyrdom. Or more likely for most of us I would say through sacrifice, through willing to give things up that we desire, to put ourselves out there and allow ourselves to be ridiculed and mocked and bullied for our faith, to still have that willingness to do it. Because if we want to be saved, we need to follow him and not the ways of the world. Because he did give his life that we might be saved. To be a Christian means willingness to follow him 
even to the cross. And yes, there will be those hardships. We need to embrace those hardships so that God may give us the grace, the mercy, the love that will lead us to that land far beyond anything we imagine. This Lenten season is a good time to recommit ourselves to living that holy life so that we can say, as Peter did, Lord, it is good that we are here.